Welcome to the STL Soccer Report. Brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. All right, uh, this is Phil here. I'm at the, I'm in, is this a Hispanic festival in St. Louis, Soulard Park. Um, with Ricardo of St. Louis Club Atletico. Uh, Ricardo, how's it going? It's going really good. Thank you for taking a second to meet with me. You're really busy setting everything up today, but uh, we're here to talk about Club Atletico, and um, you're here to kind of promote that there's a lot going on with this club. So why don't you give me a nice, easy introduction of what you're doing? Yeah, um, you know, we're, we're, we're looking to play the NPSL this summer, the PASL, which is the Professional Arena Soccer League in the winter. And so that's what we're promoting right now is, uh, is our two teams focusing on the indoor team right now. Uh, but here today, that's why I invited you, is the other half of what we're doing is just everything in the community. So we're going to be promoting our community camps that are free uh, here in the city and just over the river. And you're partnering with a lot of nonprofits, kind of seeing that as a way to invest in the community and, and maybe use that partially as a draw, perhaps. But um, to you know, soccer clubs like this aren't in it for the money. So explain how that rolls with you. Yeah, for us, I mean, uh, you have to run your team like a business. It can't be a 100% nonprofit. But if you do the marketing right, uh, you serve the community right, you build a network you'll get those corporate sponsors that want to be a part of you, okay? How's it going, sir? Uh, so that's what we have today to, to promote. Hardee's has stepped up and loved what we're doing with the community, and they said they want to be a part of it. So they've sponsored three of our next camps that we're going to be providing so that we don't have to charge the kids. No pay to play. Nope, no, nope, exactly. <laughs> we got to get rid of that. Yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, so let's talk in depth about, um, I guess, this indoor club. That's the same division as Ambush. It's one below. It is one below, okay. You know, our mission here is to feed professional teams because there's a gap from college to pro. There's a major gap. And we're trying to serve those kids from 21 to 25 years old, 21 to 23 years old. There's nothing really there that's just set for that. Right. So we remain neutral. We we uh, capture all of these kids into our team and try to help them. So we could feed local pro teams here. We could feed teams all across the country, mm -hmm. indoor and outdoor now. And across the world. And we're already doing that across the world. We'll get to that in just a second. But that gap that we talked about last time was kind of a gap between, yeah, you go to college, you graduate, you can't quite make that USL squad. Right. Um, maybe, you know, that MPSL PDL right. model is perfect for those guys in the middle. Right. Yeah. It was like most of the PDL teams, they're coming off of like they have a club and they have academy and then they have PDL. So if you're not within that, you're not really going to get in that niche. So there's a lot of kids that even do go pro. Maybe they do one year out of college, they go pro, but if they get cut. That's also an issue that we have in our country. Even the ones that make it get cut, there's nothing to catch them. They're just gone. They're done. They fade in. They've, they're now looking for jobs and they're just missing their prime. So if they get cut, if they don't make it, if they haven't tried, they don't know where to connect, we want people to see our brand as that. We just want to give you that second level, that second chance. Yeah, second chance to make it even higher and, and right. feed those other clubs, like you said. Um, and, and people, I've read in some articles talking about comparing how soccer has grown so big, but still there's not as many minor league, minor league quote, soccer teams as there are in baseball and, and all these other clubs, if you include NCAA football. So there's a lot of room to grow, obviously plenty of players to go around on this level. So um, talk to me about your model as far as being able to use other countries. You've done this before in uh, Bolivia and you have a new club in Africa tell me more about that it's a really cool model yeah uh, so we, st we started trying to help kids in South America come to St. Louis and play college ball and that's what I was doing at the college I was at with one of my alumni who's from Bolivia we couldn't predict what was happening today present day today now we have 250 kids in our academy over there we've got a facility over there that I couldn't even build here mm -hmm. I mean it's so easy to do stuff there uh, we had a great team over there and then we put our elite players in the league. And like everywhere else in the world, you got pro, you got rel, and they've moved up into a division or two below professional, their division. And I believe it was like 900 bucks to put this team in that league. Oh my gosh. Uh, to run this team, it's, it's very minimal uh, cost. Uh, and that's in Bolivia, and that's, that's crunching numbers. That's doing some really positive things. And then Charles Rankin, who played played locally here, he's a local boy. He's out in Seattle right now. Us too, yeah. We partnered uh, on this academy structure where I want to just help these kids get into college. And then the next wave is, okay, they stay in college. They play with us in the summer. Now the pro team see them, college team see them. And then they move up. So we launched in Zambia together. And uh, 
we're about to do a team there as well, and uh, that will only be a division below professional. And that thing blew up. We're in the largest city, um, and it, sky's the limit. I've been I've been approached just this summer from professional players that I used to play with in the Latin League, where I grew up playing right here in the St. Louis Latin League, that are now playing uh, professionally in Portland. He wants to do an academy in Kenya. He already bought the land. I mean, oh my. So I'm getting approached. And then in Nigeria, there was a father whose son plays for us now from Nigeria. He comes back from Nigeria this week. He tried to. I gave him the structure. What do you got to do to start an academy? And so in a week, I could find out that we started it in Nigeria. So I'm from South City, and we have five different international academies, all trying to help those really poor kids come to college, come to high school. We have kids in high school here. And then the other layer is, well, what's after that? Uh, you're helping local guys come to cal- back from college, try to go pro. you got guys internationally trying to go pro. So, I mean, if you got the heart to do it, it can be done. And this is a, such a rich soccer city, and I'm just trying to take the roots and the nutrients of that and expose it. And it's opportunity, it sounds like, is knocking on the door. I mean, you're, you're just barely getting started, and you've got you right. know, people looking to go into Africa with you. So um, you've got a lot going on today. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So just any closing thoughts, something you want to say to people who are interested in this, where they can find you, and, yeah, yeah. and, and why they should look Abs- into you? Absolutely. Uh, we do camps all over, and basically if someone contacts us and says, hey, I have a group of kids that we'd love for you to come and do something, and you contact us, we work that out. The event we have coming up now, and that's what we're here also promoting today, is the uh, is a kids' ch- uh, charity. Uh, it's a cancer charity, and we're doing a we're doing a fundraiser with the St. Louis Ambush. We're playing against the Ambush. Our indoor team is playing against the Ambush on October 28th, St. Charles Veta Arena at 7 p.m. Tickets are going on sale. They'll be all over our websites uh, and our social media. And 100% of that is going to families who have kids with cancer. It pays their bills. So you can just be there with your child and be there with your family. And it's really special. And that's what we're about. If there's anyone doing something amazing in our city, in the world, charity, youth, kids, contact me. Because our summer season is, is three months. Our winter season is eight weeks. The rest of the year, it's working with those platforms and trying to lift them up. Very cool. Thanks again for talking to me, Ricardo. Thanks for being here. Thanks again to Ricky for meeting with me. Like I said, um, he was really busy that day. And that was a while ago. Um, I'm just now posting some things because my computer kind of shut down on me for a week straight after I got like three or four interviews, Um, not least of which is the one that's about to follow. That's with AJ Cochran and Tyler David. Um, I've met with him, them. I've uh, met with... Um, a few players, basically. I'm trying to get as much as I can to kind of wrap up uh, the season to kind of maybe give us all an idea of, of what happened this season, uh, where things went wrong. The more uh, views we get, uh, the better. And there's good in there, too. You know, people are, you know, it's not all as, as bad as we all think. Some good things happen behind the scenes. And um, to, to say the least, there's been a lot of improvement individually on this team. And I think that's evident if you watch the games even. So, um, but I wanted to say a few things about Ricky. I think he mentioned about, um, you know, all the different opportunities his club is going to provide St. Louis, uh, including young players in the United States, young players from abroad, um, and bringing them over will perhaps help the level of soccer in St. Louis and also give those guys an education, um, an opportunity that they may not be able to get in their own country, at least not as good an opportunity. Um, we're all very spoiled to be Americans for sure. So, um, he's doing a lot of good stuff with that. He's also partnering with a lot of, uh, nonprofit or organizations and, um, I think it sounded a little cynical in that, you know, it is a good way to market your team. But uh, the fact that he's bringing more attention to them and that they're bringing more attention to soccer is just a really good mutual beneficial, mutually beneficial uh, relationship there. And, and it's a smart one to make. St. Louis FC does it too. Um, and uh, I'm just glad that, you know, it's not just, uh, 
like I said, a cynical way to try to get people out. It's, it's, it's him working with some of the best organizations I've I've come across. Um, and so there's interviews coming with one or two of those organizations in the future too. Uh, A few guys that are just really, uh, they've wrapped their lives around helping St. Louis and helping the world and also helping the, the soccer world on top of that. So it's really cool, uh, joining of, of the different worlds that I'm going to be able to try to cover here on STL soccer report. Um, okay. Um, that's enough. Please do keep, um, keep, uh, your attention to us as we, Throughout the uh, off season here, I'm about to go talk to uh, go to a slew game on Wednesday with AJ and Tyler. It looks like uh, I'm going to keep in contact with STL Club Atletico. I'm going to cover slew a little bit. I'm going to talk to a lot of different guys from the soccer organizations throughout the city. There's a lot coming, uh, including interviews with players, and especially as as time goes on here, the guys that are going to stay around St. Louis a little bit longer because they're locally um, located here. So look forward to that in the near future, but I'm going to talk no more because there's a lot of content coming your way still. This is my interview with AJ and Tyler about this season they were very forthcoming and um they really they answered everything i really wanted to ask so um listen in on this and enjoy all right welcome back i am here with tyler david we got aj cochran we're at square one brewery the temperature is nice it's a beautiful day and we're here to kind of talk about everything that's happened this year um these are two of the returning players out of three in st louis and so i've gotten to talk to these guys the most out of everyone in the team so it's good to have uh, these guys here thank you guys for joining me and how's the day going so far it's going good it's going good thanks for having us all right well, let's start off with how the season has gone we'll start with the good because it started out really good uh aj can you get us started with that about how the season started yeah so the season started off very good we were 3-0-1 through our first four games of the year um obviously a very positive thing after after a lot of off-season changes, um, only returning three players, getting a lot, of, a lot of new guys in the locker room, um, a new coach. So to start the season 3-0-1 was definitely a very positive and definitely one of the more positive things about our season in general. Yeah, and you guys worked really hard in training throughout the season, but the season was pretty tough. I remember seeing you guys in Florida. You had a bunch of games all in a row, and everyone looked really tired, even though the results didn't always show that. Um, uh, you guys worked really hard, and, and you got some uh, some benefits from that in the first few games. Tyler, how were, how were those games for you? I'm not sure if you were starting at that point. Um, are we talking preseason games? Or no, let's start about like the, the, the first couple games season. we did okay. really well. Um, yeah, you know. I think I you think, shut a few of those down. I think the, uh, yeah, I, so I came in the Ottawa game. The second game of the year was my yeah. first appearance. Um, and then that, Ivan broke his leg that game, so um, I Jeez, jumped that in early. Yeah, the second game. So I was able to jump in. Um, the next couple, uh, I think that high was almost made the low seem so seem so much lower because you know starting out new team, everybody's really excited, three zero and one. It seems like everything's going well, and then when you hit a little bit of a rut, it seems that much worse, and uh, everybody's a little bit confused. But um, you know, with preseason and everything, it was it was good to get to know everybody. Um, the team was still forming. Um, you know, you look at guys like Amir and Tony. Who, Looking back now, they didn't even come until about halfway through the season on the team, and they were huge contributors. Uh, so, you know, it was a whirlwind, but uh, it was definitely good to get that good start uh, with the new, new group of guys. Yeah, and, and it kind of took a turn from there. It kind of leveled out low and kind of stayed there. Really, I feel like we're kind of still in that world, even though there have been a couple really, really nice shining uh, light games for you guys. Um, Let's kind of talk about all the things, you know, a lot has been said online, right? Just like we're going to hear a lot on Twitter, we're going to hear a lot about what people think about the team. And let's just talk about some of the things they might be, be blaming. Let's just get this out of the way. Um, some people will blame the locker room, some people will blame the coach, the GM. 
Let's talk about the locker room. Um, from what we talked about earlier, it sounds like you guys get along pretty well. What's the locker room been like this year, even compared to last year? AJ, let's talk about Yeah, um, so last year I thought we had a great locker room as well, but this year the locker room has been, you know, also tremendous. Um, all of us get along really well. I was saying earlier that, you know, we all sit together at lunch every single day. Uh, when we get together off the field, it's, you know, the team came together very fast for having this many, you know, new guys into a locker room. Sometimes it might take some time for everyone to get acclimated to each other, but it was really, it was really a fast transition in my opinion. Um, our locker room's filled with a bunch of hardworking guys, you know, true professionals, and I've really enjoyed, you know, obviously the season has not gone the way that we've wanted it to go, but um, in terms of personnel in our locker room, um, as people and players, I really enjoyed it. I think our locker room was definitely one of the positive things about this year. And then Tyler, you know, AJ's talking about how hard everyone tried. Um, there's definitely been an uptick we've seen in training as far as the, the level of physicality, what's expected of you every game. Can you talk about training this year even versus last year? And, and even throughout the season, has it been maintained? Has it fallen off? How do you feel like training's gone this For year? Sure. Um, so obviously preseason, like you said, there's tired legs and everything, but that's part of preseason. Game through, I mean, I don't remember many off days in the preseason at all. Um, <laughs> None. Not at all. But a few, a few, but not many. <laughs> right. But uh, Coach Precky, Precky always made a point of joking about how training was so easy. Um, I think, you know, that's kind of the reputation he's built about how hard his training sessions are. Um, and it helped having guys who had played for him before who set the standard for us, for sure, from, from day one that knew what it was all about. Um, and it definitely didn't ease up as the season went on. Um, I remember we had a trialist or a college kid in uh, in about mid-season, and it was uh, I think it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday, but uh, it was just one training session, and we came off the field, and he said that was one training session was way harder than any two-a-day he'd ever had his entire life. So, um, but I also think that standard um, made the team a lot better day in and day out. Uh, talking to, you know, sometimes my old ex-college coaches would come or ex-teammates uh, I had come watch, and, uh, you know, they always said, you can see your team getting better every day with how hard you guys train. Um, so I think that was a huge benefit, how we train this year, for sure. Without a doubt, and I've been able to see that. I think, I hope everyone has seen that. Um, if they haven't, I honestly would say they're, they're blind to uh, improve but um, let's talk about Precky. What's it been like playing for Precky this year? Tell me about the good side of, of learning from Precky and playing under Precky. AJ, let's start with you. Um, yeah, so first of all, Precky obviously has a fantastic resume um, before he was hired here. And, you know, just to kind of continue to touch on the trainings, I mean, that's, you know, that's tough for a coach every single day and, you know, day in and day out to set a standard for what trainings are supposed to be like. Um, and I think Precky did a really good job of that. Um, he's super intelligent about the game. He knows the game. He's played at some of the high, like the highest level. Um, I think he's in the MLS all-time starting 11. So just in terms of the knowledge that he brings to the game and his intensity was something that definitely rubbed off on me. You knew every day going into training that you were going to have to bring, you know, you were going to have to bring not only a lot of energy, but you're going to have to be super focused and go out there and compete for your job. Yeah, and competing for your job, every single player I've talked to this year has mentioned how it's been really strange to have the talent that you guys have on the team and still kind of get these losses. And I right. think as a fan, we're kind of thinking somewhat the same thing. To a certain extent, I guess, perhaps we're wondering, maybe they're not as good as we thought. Um, has that been something you've wrestled with this year, Tyler? Like, obviously, there's a lot of talent on this team. Uh, what has it been like competing with those, those guys for a spot and, and taking losses even though training seems to go really well? How has that been throughout you know, the season? It's obviously really tough mentally for the team to get through something like that. Um, as far as competing with guys that are talented and training, it only makes you better. Um, so even games that I haven't played or have come off the bench or things of that nature, um, I know every week in training I'm still getting better, whether I'm getting those reps in the game or not. So that was a huge benefit as far 
far as my development as a player, and I think a lot of players in our locker room. Um, but yeah, it's obviously tough to come to training week in and week out and not be getting the results you're expecting to get. Um, so, you know, it's important for the guys in the locker room to not get too chippy with each other. You know, it's okay to go at it at practice, but, you know, there's a fine line where you got to stay positive and got to keep battling to be able to get the result in the next week. Yeah, because the, the fights are going to happen on field, right? For and sure, then, for sure. But then they're also your brothers off the field, so right. um, I imagine that happens from time to time. Everyone gets heated in training. Sure. What's it like just being a soccer player, even on the USL level, has been rising and rising. What's it like dealing with players in a professional standard? You guys are getting paid to do this every day. You're expected to show up to practice. Uh, AJ, what's you've been doing it for years, you know, starting with Houston, uh, Dynamo. Uh, what's that been like on the pro level? Maybe compare it to college. Was it, was it a lot different? Um, I think it is different. I mean, once you get to the professional level, you know, we're all professionals. So the big thing is once you're at work and once you're on the field, you know, I think a lot of guys have a different personality than once they get into the locker room, and fairly so. Um, you know, you're talking about your job and you're competing for your job. But once you leave... Once you leave the field and you get back into the locker room, you know, I think you need to be a completely different person. You need to let what happened on the field stay on the field and then transition into the locker room and, you know, be your normal self and be a good teammate. Um, and that thing, that's what I think being a professional is all about. Um, and I think our team has done a really good job with that this year. Of course, there's moments, you know, where practices are going to get heated, like you said. Um, and in the locker room, maybe the first five to ten minutes are awkward. Or maybe even, you know, maybe someone just comes in and takes a shower and leaves. Sure. That's okay. If he comes in the next day and, you know, it's cooled down, that's, that's part about being a professional. That's part about the competitive nature of the job, competing for your spot every single day. Um, so... In terms of this year, and, and Houston was the same way. I think I've been a part of, you know, good teams, and you know, some of my best friends are, you know, really good friends I've met in this in this, um, you know, in this job in this profession. Uh, you know, it's been super enjoyable. It's been super enjoyable. That's, you know, why we love doing it. We love going out there competing with each other every single day. Yeah. It's just not good once, you know, and I haven't ran into this, so it's good when no one carries it back into the locker room because that could really divide the locker room. And like I said earlier, our locker room was one of our strengths this year. That's good. And part of that is, obviously, if you're getting upset on the field, that means you care at right. least. And so there have been doubts in, in public, at least, about whether the team cares, right? And um, as far as you guys can tell, I mean, like you said, you guys are coming in professionally every day to practice. Does this team still care, Tyler? Is this a team that's going at it every single game and still trying? Because, I, I, would, I just want, before you answer, I want to say, it's got to be hard to lose game after game after game and still have trust in a coach who's working you to death. I mean, those two things going together, it's got to be hard. How has the team responded to the losses? You know, I think anybody who's watched us play despite the losses, despite the unfortunate results, has seen the effort and the desire. Um, I think from what I've seen even in more than in years past with this club in general, I think everybody here is a professional and understands um, what we're here to do. And so at the end of the day, um, whether we're winning or losing, you're still either playing you're I, for, I forgot who told me this but no matter no, when you're a professional soccer player you're playing in front of somebody every day you know you might not even know it you might not know who's in the stands you might not know who's at training but whether it works out here or it works out with another club we're always playing for our job and that and so, includes for the rest of the season yeah right? and so I Absolutely. think a lot of people have taken or a lot of you know experienced pros in our locker room understand that yeah. and that even if some somebody struggling with the results they understand that perspective of it um and then the last thing i would say to uh, uh Preki, you know has taken us together you know we can't make the playoffs anymore but 
we owe it to the fans, to this city, to this community to bring everything we have for the last two weeks um, while we can still show what we got. Yeah. Uh, which is good to hear. Uh, that's good sort of thing for fans to be able to hear on this podcast if you're listening. Um, what does the rest of the season look like? Obviously, no matter who you're playing, like you said, you never know who's watching. You guys are going to play for yourselves at the very least. It sounds like you're trying to put on a show or do a good job for your city as well. You guys are both somewhat locals. Uh, you went to school here, Tyler and AJ. You grew up here your whole life. So um, what does it look like the rest of the season? Even though they're not meaningful games, is it nice to try to play spoiler? Is it just kind of nice to be able to put in 110% just for your own peace of mind? How do you go into that, AJ? Yeah, you know, this just it goes back to being a good professional and, you know, trying to give the fans, you know, everything that they they deserve. Obviously this is our third year now without making the playoffs and of course the fans, you know, should be upset. Um, and you know, it's it's our duty as professionals to go out there and continue to leave it all on the field. Like I think we've done all year. You know, our results really haven't gone the way we want them to go, obviously, but we're going to go out there just like it's any other game. You're not going to see you're not going to see us or, or you know you're not going to see us go out there and put a half you know half an half an effort in. Um, the fans deserve more more than us than that. Um, in terms of you know how we're going to play or the personnel, I'm not sure. You know I don't know, but. We definitely don't want to go, you know, we don't want to go out on a, you know, on a losing note. We want to go out on a high note and look forward to next year. I think that's a super important, um, and I definitely don't think you're going to see anyone give up by any means. <laughs> that's not who we are. Like I said, our locker room is good, and we're going to go out there, and we're going to, you know, hopefully put on a show and get three points. Good stuff. Let's talk about, um, you know, we've talked about player intensity and people trying so far this year. We've talked about Precky a little bit about how the season's gone and what he wants from you guys. Let's talk about, you know, what other people are blaming. If they're going to blame the coach or the players, they're going to mention the front uh, front office. It's not your job to sit here and judge them, but if you were to defend them, right, you're the ones under them. What are the best things about this front office? What are the things they did this year in order to uh, try to do their best to supply the best team with the best chance to win? Tyler, what are some of the best things about the front office that you've experienced in your time here? I mean, you look at it just from the start of, or the end of last year, I guess, basically the start of this uh, season is they went out and got Brecky, somebody with an unbelievable resume who has won championships, who has coached in the MLS, who's coached championship teams in the USL. Um, that made a statement to this entire fan base, to this entire city, what this club was all about. Um, and then following that, they brought back three players only. Um, they went out and got players that have, are proven guys in this league. Not that guys from our team last year didn't deserve to be here. I, you know, I think highly of a majority, if not all, the players on our team last year. But they went out and got guys who are proven in this league, proven champions, and that just showed how committed they were to creating a championship environment in St. Louis. Yeah, and tell them come right back to you. What have been the biggest challenges to the team this season? If you had to nail down, maybe it's a certain game, maybe it's a certain uh, event, certain events. Uh, what has been the biggest challenge to the team as a whole that they face this year? And let's be really super clear, we're not saying excuses, right? No excuses. But it, what have been the biggest challenges to the team this year? Um, one challenge, I think that, and like you said, I don't want to use this as an excuse in any way because every single team yeah. in professional sports faces this exact problem, is injuries. Yeah. That's one thing. Our, our captain, our leader, breaks his leg in the second game of the season. That, you know, regardless of anything, regardless of the quality we have in locker room, that is never going to be good for the mental aura of the entire team right away. Right. Um, you know, and so everybody knows we've had plenty of injuries this year, just like every other team has. Yeah. Um, so that's one limitation for sure. We had a new group of guys. We had three guys return, like we said. Um, and I think I, I've alluded this to you before. Uh, it's not just on the field. You know, we, when people come to St. Louis, they're not coming here just to play soccer and then they get to go back to where they're from. You know, they're changing their entire lives. They're in a new city, a new environment. So there's off the field aspects that are different about your life that may or may not affect your on-field play, but it's just a different 
environment and something you have to get used to. Um, and so the whole new group, new coach, all that, I think, you know, taking time to gel and everything. The first four games were good, but maybe we're, a I don't want to say lucky, but a little bit fortunate to get those four results right away and make it seem maybe even a little bit better than it was. Because as Precky always has said, it's going to take time for everything to come together. That's a good point. And maybe even taking advantage of uh, other teams not being quite ready early on. Maybe you guys were a little 100%, bit... 100%. 100%. Right. AJ, anything to add to that? Some things that were challenging? Um, for things that were challenging, you know, a big thing for me, which, you know, might be obvious to the fans or not, is just going on streaks during the season. I think that was one thing that um, I thought we could have done better at. Like our first, like you just said, to start the season was really good to go 3-0-1 um, the way we started the season. But we really struggled throughout the year to, to string some wins together. It was, you know, it was very up and down. It was a win and then a couple losses or a win, loss, and tie. And I really think you know to to have that and obviously after a win to have that enjoyment in the locker room and the energy in the week you know the weeks following that uh, that game are very very important to continue for team success and that was one thing that I think we struggled with this year was just stringing multiple wins together and multiple results that makes that's a good answer um Tyler, let's talk about some good things that you saw from the team this year. What were some of the best things, best experiences this season in, in what the team is doing? Despite the results, um, the resiliency to come in day in and day out and still bring it, um, I, that's, you know, that's tough to say, especially in our situation, but um, I think it's credit to all the guys in the locker room for sticking with it even though you know especially our last couple games weren't the best yeah. um everybody's still here to win the last two games and it's been here the whole season yeah. um i think our style of soccer was a lot more entertaining this year i don't maybe i don't know if fans would agree or not but i think we definitely tried to play the game the right way and played it despite maybe not scoring goals sometimes or maybe giving up too many we played a lot better or we played a a more attractive style than a lot of teams in the USL, I would think. Um, I think the way we played is, is a credit to, you know, what Preki has implemented and, you know, the high pressing and all that is a lot more entertaining for fans um, despite the despite the results. Um, but, you know, it's hard to find a lot of positives, so yeah. many positives in this situation, but... Well, it's, an, it's a results-oriented business. Exactly. Exactly. It is. Absolutely. I understand that completely. AJ, anything that sticks out this season, some good spots some, some benefits for me if I can maybe add to it yeah some of the tougher teams you guys played you guys really stepped it up like, mm -hmm. against the fire it was a really exciting game right um, you know when the rowdies came to you it was still I mean you dominated that mm -hmm. game so um, anything in that regard like some good games that stick out for you in the season I think the Tampa Bay game, like you just you know mentioned, Don was a big one to come from behind, and we won four three, correct? Or yeah, we four did. three or four three two. two. Last yeah, four minute. three, four yeah. three, last minute. Like you know, that's a that's a big game. Like I said, that for the next week, that trainings was you know. Like it was, it was just a different energy level. Not saying the energy level, but I mean, like we've said it, you know, oh, I guess morale. Yeah, it's exactly, natural. exactly. Um, so that was definitely, you know, a positive point. Um, and just to go back, just to go back, I know we're not to beat a dead horse, but the trainings. I mean, to go and not have, you know, good results on the road, and to lose to lose and give up goals in, you know, late moments of the game, to still come in that next week and, you know, to train as hard as we did. Um, it was a credit to all the guys in our locker room and a credit to Precky and our coaching staff to continue to hold that high standard. Um, yeah, so I really think that's a big positive. I'm going to ask you guys both these questions. I'll kind of talk here while you think about it. I want to ask you both. Maybe what is the toughest team you both faced? Because as a defender, AJ and mm -hmm. Tyler, you play that role as well. Some of these teams are harder to defend than others. Um, maybe even just your style of play versus certain teams would be harder. So I'd like to hear about that. And even um, certain players that were really difficult to deal with or s certain opponents that were really uh, stood out as really quality players that you could see moving to the next level. Tyler, let's start with you with like the first team that was kind of the most difficult to deal with this year. Well, okay, I, I know this from a bunch of different perspectives since I played quite a few positions on the Which field. Which we'll talk about, yes. Um, I think the toughest team in the Eastern Conference 
for pretty much the last three years is Louisville. Oh, really? I think they are I would agree. very. I think the way they that. play, I think they are. When if you would ask me who's the top team, who, I think someone asked me that midseason. I said Louisville in the wow. Eastern Conference. I think they are a good team. What makes them so good? Because as a as a, I'm you know I'm, I'm not the best soccer analyst, um, nor would I claim to be ever. Um, but what makes them so good? Because it's hard to see with them compared to sometimes Cincinnati is a little more flashy. Charleston has a good system that really works for them. What makes Louisville so successful? So Louisville's a little different than last year. Last oh. year, um, you know, last year they had. Um, Cincinnati defensive midfielder yeah. now. Not Bone, um, Andy Quinn. Quinn. Oh, okay. Quinn. Quinn changed the dynamic for their team last year a lot. Yeah. You know, he's really he was really good on the ball and really settled the game. I I remember watch I didn't play in the Louisville game last year, but I or maybe I came in at the end, but I remember watching and I was like He's probably the best player on the field. I was very impressed the way he played and controlled the game. Yeah. Uh, without him this year, Louisville's dynamic was a little different. Their midfield was a little more athletic. Okay. Um, but they've always been a really organized team, and um, they pick their moments. You know, they're yeah. they're not afraid to sit behind the ball. They're okay with that, but they're also okay with pressing. And so they kind of the way they mix it up, I think, makes them a tough team to play against. And they know what they do. I mean, they, they have well. a system, and they yeah. they all know, and they're all on the same page. They've been together for a while um, and then if I were to pick another team though uh, a really tough team to play against from I'm even though I'm a defensive player I'm kind of have an offensive mindset you know on the ball Rochester is a really hard team to break down oh, really because oh no to break down, to break down. Oh, yes. super, super yeah. organized just, so just organized. thinking of a, from having the ball perspective yes. that is the great wall of China trying to get through that. Awesome. Um, and if you saw, you brought, uh, whoever watched our game versus them yes. in St. Louis especially, that was a 0-0 game and that's probably what it should have been because it was, there was no, you weren't getting any looks against them. <laughs> so just as far as that perspective, Louisville came to mind and Rochester came to mind. Really good. Um, One other team that I would throw in there as well was Charlotte. Okay. I think Charlotte has some attacking, has some attacking personnel that are pretty gifted for this league. I think, um, you know, and Martinez and they're uh, they're crafty players. They're crafty players. So for me, for a center back perspective, um, you know, little guys that are very technical around the ball and around the box like that, that can get shots off quickly. Like I think that's one thing that Charlotte does a good job. They have a very good chemistry in their attack and the attacking third. Yeah, you don't see a lot of guys from that midfield uh, position get so many goals mm -hmm. in season. In end right. zone. So um, what also what made Charlotte so good? Because I mean, were they good defenders as well? Tyler, I don't know if you faced their defense, but they just seem to be an so athletic back line, didn't they? They had two very big defensive midfielders. Yeah, their goalkeeper's really good. Good Myself. goalkeeper. Um, their back line was athletic. I wouldn't say they were great soccer players, but I'd say they were pretty athletic and yeah. knew what they were good at. Um, okay. No, you know what? To be honest, Charlotte's not afraid to play, though. They play out of the back no matter what. Their goalie does not kick it. I mean, they play out of the back no matter what. And if you, that game, we lost 5-1 to them. We actually, if you watch the first 15 minutes of that game, we turned them over probably seven or eight times in great opportunities, and we just didn't exploit it. Yeah. And you know what? If we find a way to get a goal or two there, that game is probably a lot different. But we just didn't take advantage of those chances we got. So that's why I didn't pick Charlotte, because they try to play a lot, but they give you opportunities. It's just a matter of taking advantage of them or not. That's interesting. I think I even claim that they don't make a lot of mistakes earlier in the season. That shuts it down. It's really good, good to know, because uh, you're right. Now, thinking back, they did turn the ball over a lot for that game. Um, let's talk about individual players. AJ, let's start with you because you're a defender. Like, who gives you the most trouble in the box this year? In the box. Um, I don't know is going back to... You could even give me a combination I, of players if you want, because that's hard. Feel free to chime in, TD. Um, uh, I mean, I think an obvious one for any St. Louis fan who watches play Cincinnati this year, G.B. Fall is pretty dangerous. When you said in the box, I'm just thinking in there. Absolutely. AJ's good in the air as well, so maybe yeah. that's, he didn't even think about that. He's thinking about more crafty players with their feet. Um, well, but he got heated that first game. I mean, I feel like you got knocked down hard in that game. Mm -hmm. You got in some dude's face. <laughs> I'm some point to AJ first, Tyler second. Also, one of my favorite things is you getting in someone's face, because then I know they're talking shit on the field and you're getting pissed, or they're like trying to pull off some bullshit. So um, I love seeing that because I know your guys' personalities to a certain extent. So 
Um, yeah, so honestly, I just want to hear about Cincinnati. Can you give us some stuff about Cincinnati? It's early in the year. What a, who was that left back that was a complete, he got dropped. But that dude was mean, and you could tell he was kind of a dirty player. Yeah, I forgot his last name. I did too. The guy, I got in his face. He took down Matt Sheldon. Yes. On the right, that was in the first half, on yes. our right back. I got yeah. a yellow card on that play. Um, yes, he, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't remember his name, but he hasn't got a lot of time for them since the start of the and season. I heard a little bit about how was were they the team that was kind of you wanted to beat them so bad because they were kind of dirty uh, is there a team like that if it's not Cincinnati no I think we you know St. Louis I don't think we've beaten Cincinnati in three years um, so I, in two years um, I think we you know we definitely want to get up for that game yeah. everything one thing that I think Cincinnati you know a positive that Cincinnati had this year was they had um, Jibby, they had Koenig, they had um, the last game we played, I forget his name, but he was with Vancouver Whitecaps for a while. He's a, um, a, a big white kid. What was his name? In the back? No, up top. Oh, uh, Kyle Gregg. Kyle, yeah, Gregg, Kyle Gregg. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so th yeah. those are three big and, you know, very good attacking players. And then they have Austin Berry and um, Delbridge in the back. Yeah. So that's, like, right up the gut. Um, so I think, you know, for the style that they wanted to play, they're obviously very good on set pieces, and set pieces are extremely important. Um, yeah. So I think that's definitely a positive that Cincinnati has. But, you know, we definitely don't get along with them, you know, by any means. So it's definitely a game that we're going to get up for sure. and, uh, you know, want to go out and get three points. Do you agree with that? Agree yeah, with that? for sure. I think I think our Charleston game got a little chippy too. I don't know if I I don't know if I would label either of those teams as dirty necessarily. Good. I think Good we deal. had a couple chippy games for sure, which yeah. happens naturally. Totally. We're we were a pretty chippy team as well this year. Yeah, I think yeah, it's safe yeah. To say. Um, and my other um, point about Cincinnati would be there. The I think one name AJ didn't mention was McLaughlin. And uh, Wiedemann, mm -hmm. those two with whoever playing up top, they were lethal on the counter attack. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got they had big boys in the back, and when they broke the middle line, it's like they are running at you full steam ahead. Yeah. Um. So that makes them a scary team to play against, just the way they transition so fast from defense to offense. Oh yeah. Well, in one of those games, it was the second away Cincinnati game. I mean, they had that left wing outlet. They hit him a million times, and I was actually impressed how often Taylor shut him down. Yeah. Because uh, he wasn't successful often if at all, that game. Uh, I think they found other ways to score, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they're a really tough game, team to play in that way. And their style really benefits versus St. Louis's style, it seems like. For sure, for so, sure. Um, okay, how about, I don't think you mentioned, is there a player that you found difficult to face up against? I think uh, one of the most talented, if not the most talented player in the USL that I played against was Parks from Pittsburgh. Okay. I think... He probably wasn't as motivated as he maybe could have been. Yeah. But I mean, just, just surprising though. His pure athleticism yeah. and ideas with the ball. I mean, I was. I remember in particular being very impressed playing against him, being like, "Wow, this kid is." Watching him on video, like this kid is something else, or this guy is something else. Very close to the guy in Bethlehem, so I'll, I'll like I'll mention that you said that to him. That's really interesting. It's also interesting though, because that's the dude that like I thought his career might be over after, after yeah. that kid. You know what I mean? For sure. So I thought he'd come back pretty hungry, but maybe not necessarily. I, I think he could be in a, a higher league if he really if he really wanted to. That's how that's how highly I think of his play. That's awesome. That's good to hear, actually. Um, let's talk about how you've been used this year, both of you guys, but we're going to start with you, Tyler, since uh, AJ just ran to the bathroom, I assume. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, uh, Tyler, let's talk about you've played anywhere from center back to just under the striker to perhaps being kind of a target striker as well, um, but that's just for me. Why don't you list off all the positions you feel like you've played this year, and, and we'll go from there. Um. Well, in the Cincinnati game alone. Not goalkeeper as far as I know, at least. Not yet. <laughs> we got two games left. Work on that. In the Cincinnati game alone, I started up top. Um, a little bit more underneath roll. Um, and then late in the game, I dropped to the center back to be a third, uh, third center back. Um, at one point, Ryan Howe got injured, and so I'm pretty sure I went back to left back in the first half for a minute. Oh, or just a minute that. or okay. two while he was off the field. <laughs> um, I've played center mid, you know, quite a bit last year and this year. Yeah. 
Um, I don't think I played really any outside mid this year. But other than that, outside back, I don't think I got, a, or just a little bit in that game. But other than that, just anywhere down the middle, pretty much, I think is. You ask you good, can use a good left back, so maybe you should pursue that. <laughs> on my left foot. <laughs> there you go. Uh, no, so, I mean, is there a favorite spot for you to play? Where do you, let's say your favorite, and where do you think you're most effective? On this level and perhaps higher? I would, for both, I would say uh, somewhere in the center mid. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I would say I'm, my best attribute is probably my mind more than like my athleticism. Um, so maybe not always necessarily in a 4-4-2 is the best suited for me as a center mid. As an 8 that goes box to box, I definitely prefer playing like more of a 6 role. Of like, you know, sometimes we play a diamond midfield. I'm really, really comfortable in a diamond midfield playing on the bottom yeah. as a 6. Um, Do you like having dual 6s at all? Or not really? um, I don't mind it. Okay. I don't mind it. I definitely kind of like to run the show in there on my own yeah. and have my own space. But I, I don't mind that at all. I did that at SLU a little bit actually okay. my sophomore year. Um, with a Serbian kid, we both played uh, defensive mid together. Um, but yeah, I definitely like the midfield. Um, I don't think up top is meant for me. <laughs> uh, I both my parents were strikers though, so I don't know maybe there's a future there. Uh, and I'm very comfortable at center back because I played there all college, so yeah. I can see myself playing back there. Sure at this level or hopefully a higher level at some point potentially yeah uh, so obviously you're solid defensively and you can get forward but there's a lot to be said for a mentally strong center back as well as a good number six uh, but as far as your striking yeah as far as your striker uh comment first i can tell you have the instincts even like the very first time you know what the best example was the preseason game against tulsa at the slew stadium okay you were playing a six-roll, I think, or a midfield role. I think I was a midfielder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got forward, like, twice. And both times, you passed it off, and you just ran a straight line at, at the near post or something. And it was just, like, natural for you, it seemed like, to do that. And not everyone on the USL level even knows to pass it off and make a good run, even if it's to distract someone. So you showed those instincts. I thought it was... Uh, Something maybe you just picked up from the parents. Can I, can I chime in on that real quick? Yeah, please do. TD, TD just—I mean, he can—he reads the game very well. Part so of the mental no, thing, no matter so, yeah. no matter what position you put TD in, he understands the game. Um, when you saw him multiple times at the attacking mid, you know, for his ability to hold the ball up and to combine with you know a simple one-touch layoff or you know to bring the ball in with one touch and then a second touch, you know, to switch fields, whatever it might be, you can just tell his knowledge of the game is you know is a very very beneficial for you know for our team especially. Mm -hmm. um, but I would agree with him. I like him in the center mid, like a number six role. He's got good leadership skills, good organizer, and he always wants the ball. So that's something from a center back perspective that I really enjoy playing with. He's also obviously very good in the air, but always wanting to be on the ball as a, center, as a de defensive mid was, you know, something that center backs, I guarantee, really, really like to play with. That's so. awesome. Uh, really good to hear. Uh, someone who actually knows the game to say something like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, your points were fantastic. <laughs> um, so, yeah, AJ, let's, let's talk about uh, what you've done this season because you just went from you guys being, like I said, two of the three that kind of came back from last year. Yeah. This, the way the team worked, excuse me, last year compared to what this year has been totally Completely night different. and day difference, yeah. right? So as a center back, I feel like you guys were hit the hardest in that in that world. So can you talk about the difference between last year and this year for you as far as what you were asked to do? Um, in terms of asked to do, it was more styles of play. So last year was a completely different style than this year. This year we were a lot more high high press. Um, you know, really wanted to put the other team on a back foot. You know, to start the game and throughout the 90 minutes, uh, we wanted to get a lot of pressure on their back line. Um, so from a center back perspective. This year was a lot different in terms of how high we wanted to keep our line and how, you know, how tight how tight we wanted to keep our midfield and our back line together. At times, I think we struggled with that. I think there was a gap between our back line and our midfield more, you know, more we should have done better with that. Um, but last year, last year, we weren't so much of a pressing team. We didn't technically sit back all the time, but we definitely set our line deeper than what we did this year. So from a center back perspective, um, last year I was more of an organizational thing. Obviously, it's super important for a center back to be, you know, vocal and organi organizing. But um, this year it was a lot more 
posi positioning, um, communication was still a big factor, but when you can read the game and you're set back a little bit and kind of let the attacking team come at you, it's easier to read in terms of, you know, 100 miles an hour and to press the back line, you know, you got to be on your toes on your toes and just be thinking, you know, extremely, extremely fast. Um, so that was definitely... Which I've heard that especially is the hardest thing going from... Now, you've been in the league forever, but like... Not forever, but a long time. Uh, going from, say, college to USL, that right. seems to be the fast thing. seems to be the hardest thing to, to gather at first. Mm -hmm. So It's just more gifted more gifted players. I got it. More gifted players. And, you know, in college... The game moves faster. In college, you know, as you get older... Um, you know, age, it's, you know, the gap's four years. Well, you know, you could, we got Aiden Stanley, who's, you know, on our team who's 17 years yeah, old, right. going, going up against 33-year-old veterans. You know, he could, if we played Phoenix this year, you know, he could be going up against Drogba. So, you know, that's a big difference between college and, you know, professional. But One of my favorite games, if I can interject, was, yeah, go ahead, was go ahead. watching uh, you guys play Orlando in preseason. Mm -hmm. And, like, talk, I got to talk to the academy kids after you guys faced up against them. And yeah. so, like, we had 16 and 17-year-olds facing up against Kaká. Right. Like, how awesome is right. that? Oh, that's it's such awesome. a cool that's thing. Awesome. Not to mention the other amazing right. players on that team. I mean, he's a Ballon d'Or winner. So, like, right. for some of us to get the opportunity to share a field with Kaká and, you know, we got uh, Sean Ride Phillips in the league now in Drogba. So that's just like, true. we didn't get to play against him this year. So right. like, you know, Joe Cole played against Maybe Joe Cole. Maybe next year, who team. knows? Yeah, got What'll to play against happen. Joe Cole. Like, yeah, Joe you know, Cole these are, uh, you know, these are people, you know, idols that people look up to and, you know, grow up watching. Me being a, you know, a Chelsea fan watching Joe Cole and Drogba yeah. and, you know, that's, it shows where the USL is going, which is definitely, you know, awesome. Yeah, it's been improving throughout mm -hmm. the last few years, for, for sure. sure. Um, how did you get to play in that Orlando game? I played in the second half. Yeah, I thought you did. So, what was like? What was that like for you, Tyler? You know, it was it was cool. Obviously, it's cool to get an experience like that. Um, one of the coolest parts was the stadium, yeah. brand new stadium. Wow, that's going to say the same point. World class, yeah, awesome. gorgeous. Just, uh, but getting opportunities like that is obviously amazing. I think we played DC before that yes. already, so it wasn't. I think it was a little less of a shock, maybe you know, to be that's playing good. again. But it was still, it was. It's an amazing experience to be able to do that, but at the end of the day, you're a professional. You got to take advantage of those opportunities. Those, those Orlando City MLS coaches are watching exactly. the whole game. They're True. not just watching yeah. their team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's let's kind of wrap it up. Um, I am going to ask you if there's anything else you want to say before we end. So we'll we'll end with that. But before we talk about that. Um, where would you guys set a goal for yourselves? Like, what are your hopes and dreams for the future? There's a lot of opportunity in USL. You're seeing a lot of USL guys fill in for MLS injured players and doing just fine. You know, like, they're holding their own against MLS players. It's, it's kind of surprising how the level isn't quite as far as it, as it used to be, I feel like. Would you agree with that, Tom? My opinion, I mean, I haven't played in MLS, so yeah. I guess my opinion isn't as valid as, you know, somebody like AJ or somebody else. I think that there's not as big as a gap as people think between the MLS and USL, but I think there's a small percentage of exceptional players on each team in the MLS that yes. are that much ahead. That's exactly how I feel. So there's a few players above that make that an MLS team, yeah. but there's a lot of USL players that can slide in. Or there's, a, as you see with, especially like the Orlando City B, or like the New York Red Bulls too. There's guys who come down from the MLS and they look like USL players as well because there's not as big as a gap, but there's a couple guys that make them that much of a difference. Well, a perfect example I feel like is Orlando City B when you played there versus when you played here. I mean, you handled the crap out of Orlando when they came up here, but down there they had a lot of their MLS guys come down. It was a lot easier. Um, when, when they didn't have those guys. Right. And, and I don't have a list of exactly who was there and who wasn't, but it, it did seem like there was a big difference. Yeah. So. I agree. I mean, I agree with TD. I don't think the gap is as big as people think. Yeah. Um, well, and you've played one, there. Right. One person that comes uh, to mind was Bezencourt for the Red Bulls, correct? That's like exactly he's what been, I was thinking of, yeah. He's been um, getting time with the first team. And, you know, in my opinion, I think it's just about young guys getting the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Getting the opportunity to go in and train with some of these, you know, MLS players and some of these world-class players would only raise someone's level that much more, in my opinion. So I think the big thing is, is if you saw more USL guys get that opportunity to, you know, to see what they could do at the next level in the MLS, I think yeah. you would be surprised at how, how good that they can do, um, how well they, they, they could do. Um, 
but you know, like we were just saying, year year to year, the USL is going to get better. Um, you know, they're officially the second you know the second best league in the country right now, and with uh, more and more USL teams are are looking to build you know awesome stadiums. Louisville City, I think, you know, just confirmed that they're going to build like a 10,000, 12,000 person stadium. So the league is growing. It's growing fast. Um, so compliments to the USL and. Um, yeah. It's a good league to play in. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of us have played. You know, AJ played in the MLS. Right. When I was in college, I trained with Chicago Fire. I trained in Sporting Kansas City. Oh. I was drafted by Vancouver. I trained in Vancouver for preseason. So we've all been in MLS. Or a lot of us have been in MLS clubs and played with MLS players. It's mm-hmm. good to hear. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. I imagine I know. I mean, you've trained with a lot of people. You mentioned Colorado earlier, and I didn't wrap up on that. Right. So I... Uh, Last off season, last off season, I uh, or two off seasons ago, um, went in with a little stint with the Red Bulls for like seven to ten days, and then I went to Colorado for two weeks, I believe, um, on like trial. Nice. So you know, I've obviously played in Houston for two years, but you know, the MLS is you know, I think the goal for any person in the USL, I think to to make that jump to get to the top league, um, I think that has to be everyone's goal in the league. Um, and I think it's possible. I think uh, it definitely benefits being on a successful team. I think that's you know a big um, a big advantage to be you know in the finals of the USL Cup or to be you know one of the final four teams so you can get that exposure. But anytime you play against a you know a, uh, an MLS two team, there's people watching your games. So every game matters. CD mentioned on it earlier. Like no matter what game you're playing, and there's there there could be people in the stands watching that one moment could change, you know, could change, you know, the future of your soccer career. Um, so you really got to take it day by day and just bring a professional professional attitude to every game, to every training session you can, and wait for your moment, wait for your opportunity, and once you get your opportunity, to make the most of it. Really good stuff, AJ. Let's finish with any final thoughts, especially if there's a way we can within our means, in the positions that we're in, um, kind of maybe talk about, give people a feeling of maybe misconceptions about the team, maybe letting them know, you know, what it's like to be in your position, or maybe even, like, positives of the future, like, let's not freak out about exactly, you know, how the team has been or or what it's been like this season. Um, just final concluding thoughts with that in mind, Tyler. Let's talk. Let's start with you. Um, you know, I think I have mentioned this to you before. Uh, I think one reason that this season has been such a downfall and such a disappointment at this point is because the expect- expectations were that much higher with all the things that the front office did with bringing in Precky, with bringing in the players. And so I think it's important to realize there was a lot of good out of this season. There was a lot of good soccer played. There were a few bad moments that and in any sport, a couple moments can change an entire season. A game or two can change an entire season. And there's probably some games that turned our season. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we had a quality group. And I think that I think that if this, you know, I, I'm not the GM, I'm not, I don't know what the future holds, but I think if this group, if the core of this group is back together, that this group will have something to say next year in, this, in the USL and in the Eastern Conference for sure. Oh man, I think CD just hit the nail good. on the head. Yeah, I think <laughs> CD hit the nail on the head. Um, this, you know, this season, I know the fans had really high expectations, um, as did the players. Um, unfortunately, it didn't go the way we wanted it to go. But, you know, we have to remember that we did, you know, we only returned three players. We brought in a whole new locker room, a new coach. Um, and this is by no means an excuse, but, you know, what do they say? Rome wasn't built in one day. So yeah. this is our first season together. Um, we definitely had higher expectations. But like TD just said, if, you know, if the core group of guys, if we bring back you know, a lot of the guys. I think this team has, you know, a lot of future success um, in the USL. And I think I, I think I maybe I can't keep track of what we talked about before and, and during, but I think we mentioned how every player on this team I've talked to has mentioned how high the quality of players are that you guys have on this squad. Yeah. How intense. You know, what'd you say? Like it, seven on seven, or whatever you guys would practice during a, a game would get really intense and be really star quality. Things would happen during that game, and then um, 
it just didn't work out. Like, perhaps all there is left is to make a few ads, continue on what's happening, figure out what works in USL as a coach and as a, as a team that's, that's planning game to game on what to do and how to do it with a certain group of guys. That's something you can build on uh, from year to year. Last thought, anything else on that, Tyler? No, oh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, everybody... You know, we can say that this was good, this was good, but at the end of the day, we all need to go home or go wherever we're going for the offseason, look ourselves in the mirror, find a find a thing or two to get better at. You know, you're not going to get better at everything in the offseason, but find how you're going to be able to help this team a little bit more, um, starting with the front office all the way through the players. And I think, you know, if that many people can make a little adjustment and, you know, we can all collectively be in the same mindset, um, some special things could happen so but everybody has to take a look at themselves in the mirror first yeah. and figure out what what their what their role is and how they can improve for this team Absolutely. just to touch on that we have two games left we have two games left so now is a moment where coaches and Preki was preaching this the other day that now is a moment where you really want to see you know who wants to be here and who's a true professional in these last two games so yeah. um, I mean that's two games to figure out the team like absolutely if you're gonna bring back a lot of this team, yeah. which you I hope. look at as, as, as a tryout. The whole season's a tryout, you it's know, true. but these are two games that, you know, guys could put a, you know, a stamp, could put a stamp or, you know, um, end on a strong note for, for to put in the coach's eyes, the front office's eyes. And Not only that, but like how Precky can try to use each guy next year right. if he does, if he is able to keep whoever on the team, right. um, how to best use those people to win for this sure. next year. That makes sense. All right, guys, I think that's good. I just want to personally thank you guys for your service, for the physical, the mental trials you have faced this season. You guys have really uh, been able to put in all you could uh, for yourselves and for the city, so I appreciate that. And thank you again for joining me. Thanks thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to stlsoccerreport at gmail.com.